Friday, July 6, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from Denver, Colorado. We are here in the Mile High City. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. Hopefully, we can make you smile once or twice a day, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you. I know it was a little bit shorter of a holiday week this week, but it's still always nice to get to that Friday. And I've got something a little bit different for you here today on The Daily Dose. Because today on The Daily Dose, we are going to continue our look back at some NBA history as well as some Daily Dose history as we are flashing back to June 2016. If you heard the show yesterday, again, you're already a little bit ahead because the Cleveland Cavaliers had just come back from being down 3-1. to They somehow beat the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. On this show that we are going to play, we have handed out some year-end awards. We look at some winners and losers in the 2016 NBA Draft. You'll have to listen and see, did we get any of them right? Also, we looked at some of the big-name players that were about to become free agents in the NBA, discuss whether or not they might leave their current teams at that time. Plus, as we do on most Fridays, we do have a Daily Dose Top 5 for you today, one that took place back in June of 2016. I sincerely hope that you enjoy this look back at some NBA history, as well as some Daily Dose history. Uh, The NBA, of course, like I said, was last week. If you would like to see grades for every team, I put together a report card for every single team, gave a grade for every single team. Head over to dailydosesports.wordpress.com and you can check out the grade on on your favorite team, whatever team you may follow. I gave whether, and they might not have had any picks. Did they acquire anyone? Did they pick anyone up uh, prior to or just after the draft? We've got all that for you over there. Uh, Of course, LSU forward Ben Simmons goes with the top pick to the 76ers. Uh, I don't know how Ben Simmons is going to do. I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's a he's a guy that's just going to be a monumental bust. I don't necessarily that. I I just I don't know. I mean, he's eighteen years old. He's eighteen. We're getting these kids so so young that I I don't know how fair it is to expect him to come in and change a team like Philadelphia, who is just a dumpster fire, and somehow hey, this kid's going to come in and transform them. I like the idea of him coming in and playing that point forward spot almost being a Magic Johnson type of player where he's going to come in. He's 6'9", 6'10". He's a lot bigger than I thought he was. He's a big guy. Um, good passing skills. Can can finish around the basket. We don't know if he can shoot. We didn't know if Magic could shoot. Remember Magic? Magic had that set shot. He's kind of that ugly little set. It looked like he was shot putting the ball. But he developed enough that he was a threat that you had to cover him. If Simmons just does that, he'll at least be a threat out there. We'll see if he can do that. I worry about his supporting cast. They're always hurt. And knuckleheads. And there's no leadership. And Simmons did not display any of those qualities as a leader that you would hope to see. That would be my biggest concern uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to give you a few winners that I did like. A few of the winners that I liked in the NBA draft. I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, this kind of this makes me feel just kind of sick and dirty. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, I I sort of liked what they did. I, I know. It's shocking to me. They needed shooting. They have Emmanuel Moutier. They they have Jokic. They have, they have some role players, some tough guys, some inside. They didn't have any shooting. They go get Jamal Murray from Kentucky, who I think was a very, very safe pick. They go get, who is it, Juan Hernan Gomez 
I think he goes by Juancho. I don't I don't know if Juancho sounds like something I order late night at the Waffle House. I'll have the Juancho. Um and they go get Malik Beasley out of Florida State, who who is another guy that can legitimately shoot. They needed shooters, and they went and got shooters. I, I don't know. I'm stunned too. I don't even know what to say. So I'll give them. I'll give them a little bit. I, I really like the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Buddy Heald. They go get uh, Jack, uh, Diallo out of Kansas. They needed someone. Just can anyone, please, uh, you know, come give um, Anthony Davis just a little bit of help. It doesn't have to be a ton. But that guy's going to be down in New Orleans laboring and laboring and laboring and just getting killed every year. Buddy Hill should be able to step in and, and maybe take some of that uh, pressure off of him. Uh, so I like what the Pelicans did. I, it wasn't just about the draft, but I like what the Oklahoma City Thunder did. They go get Demonis Sabonis, uh, who I did like. He, he's an aggressive kid. He'll crash the offensive glass. He can shoot a little bit. But then they trade Serge Ibaka to Orlando and get Victor Oladipo. Now, you might look at Old Depot and say, well, big deal. I mean, we, we saw Serge Ibaka. He definitely has some some bright spots to his game. The thing about Ibaka, he started to kind of fall in love with his outside shooting game. He started to kind of fall in love with his offense. And the thing that Serge Ibaka was so good at, at being that around-the-rim defender, and he kind of, eh, yeah, I know that defense, yeah, yeah, I used to be good at that. But I, I, I don't know if you guys have really seen me shoot the three lately, but I'm really good at that. No, you're not. We got enough shooters. Oklahoma City had enough shooters. They didn't have enough guys playing defense. And when Serge Ibaka kind of fell out of love with playing defense, yeah, they kind of had to ship him out. I think Victor Oladipo steps in. And when you look at how the NBA is going to be going into next season, Oladipo's a guy that can defend on the perimeter. That's going to help them a little bit when they face teams like the Golden State Warriors, who I expect to be Still a contender next year. I don't know if they'll be quite as good, but they're still going to be around. A couple of losers that I'll give you from the NBA draft. I did not like what the Sacramento Kings did. Uh, They drafted projects. They are a bunch of projects. They have a bunch of knuckleheads on that squad. Uh, Vlade Divac, he he has no idea what he's doing. Like I'm watching some of the moves they make, and it just looks like some guy at the bar just picking up players. Like He has no idea what he's doing. You go get some inexperienced big men that don't really have that much quality and you're going to put him with Boogie Cousins? He's going to eat them up. That is not a good situation. Uh, Sacramento Kings, they are going to be bad for a long time. Didn't like what Orlando did. Uh, losing Oladipo, getting Ibaka. They don't have any guards as it is. And now Ibaka thinks he's a franchise player, so that's going to be even worse. Didn't like what the Charlotte Hornets did. Uh, they traded their number 22 pick for Marco Bellinelli because they felt... Like they wanted a proven commodity over an unproven draft pick. Since when has Marco Bellinelli proven anything? He's been on like seven or eight different teams. He hasn't proven a thing. I don't want him. And I I didn't like what the Boston Celtics did. They needed some front court players. They needed some help up front. They go get Jalen Brown, who is a little bit of a head case. Doesn't always work very hard. He's extremely athletic. But he's very immature. I know that Boston still has picks. I know they still have a ton of picks. But if this is what you're going to do with them, then honestly, I don't really care. And then I, I don't know exactly what to make of, of Milwaukee uh, taking uh, you know the Sudanese-Australian kid, Thon Maker. Thon Maker, big kid, very athletic kid. Here's my concern. We don't know how old he is. He's either 19 or he's like 23. Now, you might sit there and you say, well, what difference does that make? Who cares? Hey, big, big strong. Well, if he's 23... He's kind of already as good as he's going to be. 
in a lot of ways, physically, he's about as good as he's going to get. And if he's only 19, then he, we should probably start to be seeing more progress um, from him in, in the next couple of years. So I, I don't know exactly what Milwaukee got. I, I'm not that impressed with that pick. Now we have NBA free agency. NBA free agency starts July 10th. We are going to uh, kind of play, do they leave? Are, are they going to leave? Uh, let's take a look at some of the big names, because there are some big names. When I, when I read some of these names, you're going to say, wait a second. Look, look at, listen to some of these names. I spoke briefly about it before. There's going to be a few teams that go chase Golden State Warriors uh, forward. Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is a guy, I think, that is going to take the money and, and get as much as he possibly can. I think he is, though, a guy that probably cost himself a good chunk of change with that horrible series that he just had. A little more about him later. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Unrestricted free agent point guard Mike Conley. Could Mike Conley be leaving? I, I know he's, he's saying all the right things. I would not be surprised to see Mike Conley leave. Could he go to somewhere like San Antonio? Could he kind of be the guy in waiting for Tony Parker? Could he go to Dallas? Dallas desperately needs a point guard. Don't be surprised if Mike Conley leaves. Jamal Crawford with the Clippers. Sixth man of the year. I Wouldn't you think he'd like to start at some point? He's an unrestricted free agent. I could see him leaving. I know he likes the situation in L.A. He likes the people in L.A. But, you know, money does talk. DeMar DeRozan has already said that he is he's looking to try to get a deal done with the Toronto Raptors. But I believe he's an L.A. kid. Would he consider going to the Clippers? Would he consider going to the Lakers? Of course, the maybe the biggest name out there, Oklahoma City uh, forward Kevin Durant. Where would Durant go? Uh, Carmelo Anthony is already talking to Kevin Durant about coming and being a New York Nick. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to join the New York Knicks and and have to share the ball with Derrick Rose and Carmelo Anthony. I don't know where KD's going to go. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't end up with the New York Knicks. I think he'll actually stay. I think he'll go to he'll stay in Oklahoma City and he'll take a one year deal and then he'll kind of see what they do. Bulls unrestricted big man Pau Gasol could go anywhere. You know, Pau Gasol is really really close friends with Phil Jackson. Now I don't know what in the world Phil Jackson is doing with the Knicks. I have no idea. He doesn't seem that invested with what he's doing out there with the Knicks. Could he end up in New York, though? Could he go end up playing, uh, at least in Phil's organization? Hawks forward. Atlanta Hawks forward, Al Horford. Al Horford is a uh, is a guy that can defend on the perimeter. He's a guy that can contribute. He's kind of a team player. He's a strong kid. Could Al Horford be going somewhere else? I'll tell you a great fit where Al Horford could go and could be very, very good. Trying to think, where did Al Horford play his college ball? Oh, that's right. He played at Florida for Billy Donovan. How would Al Horford look in an Oklahoma City Thunder uniform? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, would it? He gives them another big man, another presence inside, and a guy that's smart enough to share the ball and play defense? I don't know. I know the Hawks The Hawks want to keep him down there. Wouldn't be the worst fit. Couldn't you also see him going maybe to like San Antonio? Maybe, maybe it's too much with Aldridge already there, but I could see that. LeBron James, of course, is an unrestricted free agent, but I expect him to sign a one-year deal, and it'll be kind of a wait and see. Who are you going to bring to help me for the for the next big contract, and then I'll sign something else next year, but I expect LeBron to sign a one-year deal. Joe Kim Noah, Bulls unrestricted free agent. Joe Kim Noah, could he end up in New York? Possible. Could he end up going up to Minnesota and playing for Tom Thibodeau? Also possible. Um... Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki, he's not going anywhere. I'll tell you that right now. They will they will pay Dirk whatever he wants. They'll just give him a blank check and say, you can fill it in. Mavericks, 
unrestricted free agent uh, guard Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons could contribute a little bit. He's he's not a he's not a you know first or second option, but he's a third or fourth option, and maybe he could end up in in a place like San Antonio. Uh, the Heat are already talking to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is an unrestricted free agent, and uh, from what I understand, he hasn't been real happy with what they're offering him just yet. Dwayne Wade wouldn't change teams, right? He wouldn't go to, I don't know, Cleveland, right? Right? Uh, the Bulls traded Derrick Rose to the Knicks. I mentioned that just a few minutes ago. Uh, they they get Robin Lopez, Jerry and Grant, and Jose Calderon from, from uh, New York. There's there's not enough basketballs to go around in New York, though, are there? I don't I don't know how they're going to get enough shots for Carmelo and Derrick Rose. That would be a really really nice team uh, if it was 2010, but it's not. Uh, the Summer Olympic team is set. You know we've talked about this just a little bit, but we we go to Rio here in August, and the Team USA basketball team is set. I, j- I just want to run through these names really really quick. Um, here here's Team USA: Carmelo Anthony. Harrison Barnes, Jimmy Butler, Boogie Cousins, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Draymond Green, Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, Clay Thompson, and DeAndre Jordan. Now I'm looking at that team, and I might not be the smartest guy in the world. I've got a few concerns about that team, and I know... We're not sitting at the edge of our seat. How's Team USA going to do? But as it gets closer, we'll, we'll start to pay a little bit more attention to it. I, I know that there are some... I'm just like waiting. Like, Boogie Cousins causes an international incident, doesn't he? Don't Shouldn't we have a few concerns about this team? Where exactly is... Like, the role... I don't know if I see the role players. I see every guy on this team thinks he's the guy. Every player that I just named thinks he's the guy. You kind of have to have some role players to to really be at the top of your game. You have to have some guys that say, "Hey, I'm I'm okay doing the dirty work. I'm okay getting the rebound. I'm okay taking the charge." I don't know if I see that on this list. I have a little bit of of kind of some pause there with our Team USA Olympic team. I know Mike Shashevsky will be coaching them, and I know that he'll probably get them uh, to where they need to go. But I have a little bit of concern. The very talented group. Very talented group. They should be able to score a ton of points. I worry a little bit about some of the roles. Now, you know it wouldn't be a true Daily Dose awards show to, to kind of cap off this NBA season if we didn't hand out a few Daily Dose awards. Uh, j- just have a few. Just have a few. I know we just handed out some awards. We do have a few awards that we've got to get to that are a little more, you know, Daily Dose style. Uh, the first award that we're going to give out, uh, it's, it's a little bit different of an award. It's called the Didn't You Used to Be whoever, award, the Didn't You Used to Be award. And we're going to give that this year to Cleveland Cavalier forward Kevin Love. Kevin Love, we we watched him in the playoffs. We watched him all season. I don't know if it's playing with LeBron. I don't know. He, he just he doesn't know what he looks like. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He seems broken. And every single time that I hear about Kevin Love, Every time someone's talking about Kevin Love, it's always, well, how's Kevin Love going to be? If if they don't start him in this next game, remember he had the head injury? He had the head injury in, in uh, game two or whatever it was. And they, well, are they going to start him in game two? No, he's not going to. Well, he's going to start in game four. Well, I, I, how's his confidence going to be if he doesn't start? What's wrong with this guy? Step up. When he was in Minnesota, remember he was like a 20 and 10 guy? 
now he is always needing a hug, and he's like broken, and he doesn't have any confidence. He came out in, in Game 7, played a little bit, but didn't you used to be Kevin Love? Here's a number for you. For the finals, K-Love went 8 of 23 for field goals. Eight, for one, 23 is not a very big number. Twenty-three. He, he used to shoot 23 times up in Minnesota in a single game. For seven-game series, he went 8 of 23. Didn't you used to be Kevin Love? Didn't you used to be the leading scorer on a team? He looks like a rec ball player now. So, K-Love, you, you get an award. Let's give another award. The Thanks from All the Big White Guys Award. All the big white guys around basketball today have to give a big thank you to Knicks forward, rookie Kristaps Porzingis. If you have any question about that, like you might be sitting there right now saying, why do they owe him a thank you? Because I want you to just think back to the to the NBA draft that we just had and all the big white stiffs that were coming from other countries or coming uh, e- even within you know college basketball. And everybody's talking about, well, hey, maybe he's the next Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, I got, I've got some bad news for you. There's probably not another Kristaps Porzingis. But Porzingis, you know, he came out. We didn't know what he was going to be. If, if the Lakers had to do it over again, don't you think they take Kristaps Porzingis over D'Angelo Russell? Now that they see, now that they're starting to see, because he's so long, he can rebound, he can step outside, he can do a, a number of different things to hurt you. He can, he can stretch the floor since that's such a big thing that we like to talk about now. He can stretch the floor. Christoph Porzingis, all these guys that just came in into the league, again, all the big white dudes, they should be sending part of their check to him because no one was going to draft them otherwise. And they certainly weren't going to draft them high. They, they certainly weren't going to take them with a top pick. But all these guys that were coming out in the draft this year, I don't know, might be, might be the next Christoph Porzingis. You never know. It, it, it could happen. What was the what was the big kid, uh, Dragon? Yeah, he should give half. He should give like half of his check to Porzingis. He owes like a full half. Uh, the Zubak kid out of Croatia. Yep, send him a check. Uh, the, a number of these guys, they owe Porzingis a pretty good amount of money. Uh, next award, the Kobe Bryant Award. The Kobe Bryant Award. We hand out a Kobe Bryant Award every single year that we've done, the Daily Dose, we hand out a Kobe Bryant award. And it is it is typically the most shots with the least assists. So I'm trying to think, who could win that this year? Like, who could we give the Kobe Bryant award to this year? Most shots, least assists. Here's a, here's a stat line for you. Shot 50 shots, shot 21 threes, and only had four assists. Yes, it's got to be Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean in his final game. Shoots 50 times. Went 6 of 21 from three-point range. Scored 60 points. Handed out four assists. Now, my only question is, how in the world did he hand out four assists? That doesn't sound right to me. Can we can we check that? Can we look look at the video again on that? Because I don't know if I see him. I don't know if he, who did he, for one, who did he even hand the assists out to? I don't think Swaggy P was playing that game. I think he was out. D'Angelo Russell's confidence had been crushed by then, and, and he was out, I don't know, surfing Instagram or whatever he was doing. Uh, but Kobe Kobe wins his own award, which, which is kind of fitting in his final season. We're happy to give that Kobe Bryant award to Kobe Bryant. Finally, our final Daily Dose NBA award 
kind of just put a big bow on the 2015-2016 NBA season, we have to get out our least valuable player. Who could that possibly be? And I, I know it's tough because we do wait when we do our awards. We wait until after the finals. Now, if we'd handed these out at the end of the regular season, obviously, it'd probably be a little bit different. We probably would give it to someone a little bit different. But now that we've seen the finals, and again, we do have the hindsight, you know, 2020, I think there's really only one guy that can, that can possibly win this award. Some stats for you. I, I, I'm not huge on stats, but I got to throw out a little bit. Went 25 of 71 in his seven-game series. In the final series, he was always, always open. He was always open. We talked about it on the show. It didn't matter. When, when a big shot was needed, when the Golden State Warriors had to, oh, we got to get a bucket here. This is life or death. We've got to come down. We've got to find a way to score. It seemed like Harrison Barnes was always, always open. He had just 10 assists. Shot 71 times. He had just 10 assists. You know, Harrison Barnes is not only our least valued player, he, he might even be a contender for the Kobe Bryant Award. He didn't hand out any assists. Well, no, 10 assists over seven games. That's like 1.3. No, it's probably too many assists. It's probably too many assists, but he's close. He's close is what I'm saying. Harrison Barnes wins our NBA least valuable player. Now, as we do every single week, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. You know, we, we talked about the NBA draft. We looked at some of the players that came out. We looked at some of the teams and what they did with their draft selections. And when we look at the draft this year, I don't know that there's that many franchise guys. I don't know if there's that many guys that you look at and just say, hey, they could really take a franchise. The, the problem is that we're getting these 18, 19-year-old kids that come out. And what, what they're, they're going to change their franchise? They're not, they're not capable of changing a franchise yet. Maybe in two, three, four years, we can start to see that. But they're just, there's not many franchise. Ben Simmons? Uh, is Ben Simmons going to end up doing anything? I, I don't know. I, I like some of what he brings to the table. Brandon Ingram with the, with the Lakers? Is he going to be the guy that kind of turns the momentum out in L.A. and gets the Lakers going again? I don't know. That's a that's a pretty thin, narrow, skinny back that you're going to try to put a, a big franchise on. I, we don't. It doesn't seem like we have these franchise guys. But here's one thing to think about: there's been a number of times in the past that teams have gotten some really, really good values late in the draft. So maybe we're looking at the top guys. We're looking at Simmons. We're looking at Ingram. We're looking at guys like Chris Dunn and, and some of the top players coming out in the draft. But maybe it's the guys later in the draft that are going to develop and are going to end up being the best players to come out. Let's take a look today on our Daily Dose Top 5. We look at Top 5, the NBA Draft Steals. These guys weren't even really known about. They were taken late. They were taken in the second, sometimes even the third round. Ended up being phenomenal, phenomenal cornerstones to a franchise. So maybe we've got to look at this just a little bit differently. Let's take a look at the Daily Dose top five NBA draft steals of all time. Number five on our list. Now, this guy was actually from Chicago, but he attended high school in California. And, and here, here's a little known fact you might not know about this player. Because of his size, he, he's a big guy, he was actually chosen to play a slee stack on the 70s kids show Land of the Lost. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? He ended up at Notre Dame. But he, he wasn't a big name. He wasn't a big-time player. He went to Notre Dame. He lasted until the third round of the NBA draft. And he was drafted 65th 
by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Played a year in Italy, and he came back and rejoined the Cavs. He would eventually be traded to the Detroit Pistons. And then he ended up playing 14 seasons. He scored almost 14,000 points. Yeah, he was one of the cornerstones of the bad boys in Detroit. A four-time All-Star, a two-time NBA champion. He led the NBA in rebounding in 1986. His number 40 is retired by the Pistons. But Bill Lambeer wasn't taken until the third round of the draft. 65th pick for Bill Lambeer. He ended up being pretty good. He ended up being, yes, he, he was dirty, a little bit of a, of a thug, yeah, and also really, really, really good. He's number five on our list. Number four, number four player on our list, he was the eighth out of 16 kids born and raised in Compton, California. He ended up going to Pepperdine University and was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics in 1976 with the 29th overall pick. Lasted until the second round. But unlike our first guy, unlike Lane Beer, this guy started to show right away that he was he's pretty good. There was no question he belonged. There was no question that the Sonics got a steal. He was aggressive. He was a slasher. You might not remember this if you don't go back far enough, a little before my time. But he was a guy that actually started to popularize a guy just slashing off the wing and just dunking it on somebody. We think of that now. You think of a, of a Jordan. You think of a, of a LeBron James, somebody like that. This guy is one of the guys that kind of started that. He led the Seattle Supersonics to their only NBA title, and he was named Finals MVP. But you might remember him a little more when he ended up in Boston. And, and he was more of a defender. He was more of just a solid point guard. He was a three-time champion. He was a five-time All-Star. Scored 15,000 career points. And he was a six-time All-NBA defensive first-teamer. But Dennis Johnson that played with the Celtics, played with the Sonics, he, he wasn't drafted that high. They, they didn't think he was small school, he went to Pepperdine. Like, no, this was a guy that could, that could drive, he could slash, he could shoot, and he was a tenacious defender. Dennis Johnson comes in at number four. Number three on our list, top five steals. The, the problem that this guy had growing up, one, he was a small guy. He wasn't very big. And two... His two sisters were better at basketball than he was. His two sisters ended up going to Louisiana Tech. He ended up getting in high school. He's like 5'6". He's in high school. He's not really playing. He's not really very good. He ended up growing to 6'7". And he was drafted 27th by Detroit in 1986. He kind of made playing defense and being a rebounder kind of a popular thing, kind of cool. I can go in and I can just contribute. I can just play defense. I can just be a rebounder and I can get playing time. Ended up playing for 14 seasons. Again, five-time NBA champion, two-time All-Star, two-time defensive player of the year, seven-time rebounding champion. He was crazy, but Dennis Rodman won pretty much everywhere he went. And he was probably a part of maybe the greatest team, one of the greatest teams ever, 96 Bulls. Played with Jordan. And he knew his role. He understood his role. His role wasn't to go out and try to manufacture points. How many guys do we see today? Just, man, just be a rebounder. Just be a defensive player. No, no, no. We, we talked a little bit about Serge Ibaka. Understand your role. Not that you can't ever shoot, but it's probably not your strength. Dennis Rodman understood his strengths and his weaknesses. He's number three. Number two on our list. This is a kid that grew up in Argentina. Uh, his dad and both of his brothers actually played pro ball. He started playing professionally in Argentina. 
and then ended up going over to Italy. He was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs with the 57th pick of the 1999 NBA draft. 57th pick? I think about that now, and do they even go that high anymore? In 1999, drafted with the 57th pick. Played three more years. So he gets drafted. He played three more years in Italy. It wasn't like, hey, they drafted me. I'm going to come play for San Antonio. He's like, I kind of like things here over here. I'm doing pretty well in Italy. Ended up joining the Spurs in 2002, and it kind of ended up being worth the wait because Manu Ginobili was a four-time NBA champion, two-time All-Star, and was the NBA sixth man in 2008. But Manu Ginobili, again, not taken with a real high pick. Maybe we're looking at this draft a little a little bit off. Maybe we need to look at some of these picks that were taken later in the draft. They might be the guys that actually end up shining. Our number one NBA draft steal of all time. Who could it be? Got any thoughts on this one? I mean, this guy was pretty good. This guy was pretty good. He played high school ball in Detroit. And as a senior in high school, in high school, he averaged 31 points and 20 rebounds per game. He actually got a scholarship to go play at Cal State Long Beach, which, of course, ended up being uh, Long Beach State. He was going to play for Jerry Tarkanian. But when he went out to California, it was just too much culture shock. He was just like, I, I, I can't hang. I got I to gotta go back. I got to go back to Michigan. That's, that's where I'm from. He went back, finished his college career at Eastern Michigan, and he was drafted with, in the third round, number 40. He was drafted with a 40th pick of the 1974 NBA draft by Phoenix. Now, Phoenix took him, and they didn't even think that much of him, so they just sold his rights to San Antonio. But this guy could just score. He ended up playing 14 seasons in the ABA and NBA. Nine-time All-Star. Six-time All-NBA First Team. Four-time NBA scoring champion. He scored over 26,000 points in his career. And I mean, still to this day, you, you go find the film. He had the finger roll. George the Iceman Gervin lasted until the third round of the NBA draft. Iceman, if, if you could find a steal like that late in the rounds, I'm pretty sure we can probably find some guys today that could end up being some steals. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. July's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Team Up. If you need someone to watch your back, it sounds like it's time for a team up. Do better together with an awesome squad of collectibles in gear, including not one, but two t-shirts in this month's crate. Now, July's Loot Crate theme features items from Ant-Man vs. Wasp, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Adventure Time. But if none of those franchises interest you, make sure that you head over to Loot Crate, because trust me, they have just about any movie, TV show, or video game franchise that you can come up with. They have so many things over there. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just be sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box we are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the Daily Dose, which we do appreciate so much. Hey, we have made it through another week here at the Daily Dose. I hope that you have enjoyed our look back at what was happening in the NBA back in 2016. And I hope that you enjoy our spin on it here at the Daily Dose. I have to say thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for the texts. 
Thank you for the retweets. Thank you for sharing the show. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. Have a great weekend.